it's time to get reconnected. Tune in every week to Enneagram Restored Podcast for Reconnected, a relationship series on how the Enneagram can be a bridge between your relationship goals and the current reality of your relationships. Welcome back to another episode of Enneagram Restore Podcast. For my faithful listeners, I thank you as always once again for tuning in. And for new listeners, I hope you enjoy this episode. So today is all about type threes. It's about how they love, their, compa- their compatibility with all the non-types, and about how they become reconnected with themselves and others. As always, um, I want to start this episode by talking about how a three loves. Um, explicitly, I want to talk about their motivations for their methods of expressing love and, and what are their limitations of love. And so a, a three's expression of love is motivated by, one, their need to refrain, refrain failure. It's also motivated by their self-consciousness and their deceit. So. What I mean by that is for three, failure is simply not an option. Threes will process, will react to failure in one or two ways. Either they claim a partial victory or they will distance themselves as being the cause of the failure. So simply put, they will blame anything and anyone to be the reason for their failure as long as it's not them. So this in turn causes threes to kind of interact in a way that protects the image that you know of them, protects how you know, what you know about them, how you perceive them. And often this image is a false image that they kind of have created themselves um, because for many reasons, threes developed along the way that no matter how hard they try, they have to always constantly, constantly be developing this new character, depending on their environment, depending on the social setting. Because if they truly show their true self, um, they would not be loved for their true self. They would not be desired as a true self. So to better explain this concept, I want to read you this excerpt from Suzanne Stabile's book, The Path Between Us. Um, just listen to this excerpt and it will allow you to better understand. Uh, get a better understanding of what I mean about this idea of image protection that a three has. So here it is. Threes intuitively use image as a way of assuring their place in relationships with other people. 
at some point in childhood, they came to believe that it was not okay to have their own feelings and their own identity. In relationships with family and authority figures, threes were convinced that it would be better to put their feelings aside and to become what people around them expected and would applaud them as desirable and successful. So they began to develop their innate ability to be whatever is called for. They can belong to as many as 15 to 20 groups, from family to professional to voluntary, and be the poster child for each of them. It's a remarkable gift that is difficult to manage in a healthy way. When we love threes, they have no idea which part of them we love. So it's difficult for them to accept that we love all the parts of them. I received a text from a well-known artist who I suspect is a three. While celebrating her 61st birthday in the Secure Courier Basilica in Paris, she wrote, I am finally able to believe that I am welcome at God's table. All of the me's are welcome. If you are in a relationship with a three, it is very important that you understand that every me that they present to you or to someone else is an effort to give you what they think you want because they believe that if they offered you what was behind the image, it will be neither lovable nor desirable. It's troubling to know that such lovely and lovable people struggle to believe that they have value as they are. Imagine the vulnerability of that in a relationship. Twos hide their vulnerability with being needed and helpful. Fours hide it by pulling you toward them and then pushing you away. And threes hide it by overachieving. Such a profound excerpt from a book. And uh, as always, I encourage you, if you like that, to go purchase a copy of Suzanne Stabile's book, The Path Between Us, which is all about the Enneagram journey between a healthy relationship. So threes are also deceivers. Not in the manner that we typically think of it, though. They're not deceiving everyone else, but rather they're deceiving themselves. They, they believe in a constructed image of themselves. Again, they think it, it will allow them to be more lovable because their true self is not worthy. So the thing about this image, though, you, you can be friends with a three, but this image will be different for every friend group, every social group that this three is a part of. Um, it will be different for the church group that this three is known for. If a three is a part of a um, professional group, like um association it'll be different for everybody who knows that three from that perspective it's even the perspective a family member gets from a three is even different a three never presents the same person to the different groups and matter of fact when a three begins to they oftentimes will keep those groups separate because like i said every group knows the three as a different person so they they, they see it hard they see it as unable to allow their groups to merge because if the church group sees one aspect of them that the professional association does not see them and if their family sees this, this side it there's it's a collision it's kind of like a car wreck nothing works out everybody's colliding because what the church thought they knew about the person what the family thought they knew about the person what the professional association knew about the person it just doesn't align all the way so a three will always do the best they can to keep their groups their social groups their friend groups separate because 
of this image protection because they are always constructing an image that will allow them to be loved, that will get them the applause that they feel is desired from those people. And the thing, and that's the thing, that is what hinges this idea. They desire applause from everybody, but the applause that they, des that they desire is not the same from everybody. So a three might desire a certain way of feeling loved, a certain um, word of affirmation from their parents, but it'll be different from a coworker. So examples could be, say the three got a promotion at work and they just want their parents to acknowledge that how proud that they are of the three, that they got this promotion, that they supported them fully. But for that same promotion from a colleague at work, it could be simply of just saying congratulations. No, no big applause, just congratulations on your promotion. But they suspect a higher level of admiration, admiration and applause and congratulations, kind of like a big party from the parents because they, they desire different levels of applause and admiration from different people. And so that is, that's kind of why this, the images that they put out to people is different across the board. There's never the same image um, for a three. And if there is the same image, then that really means that they have begun to move into the healthy levels of their type because they will see that projecting an image different to every group as they get healthier is not the best thing to do. So they become really in tune with their true self. And as a three becomes healthier, the more healthy a three gets, they will really begin to dig into deepness of how can they express, how can they exhibit their true self and not go along with this idea of, oh, I have to create a different image of myself for every group that I'm a part of. But rather, no matter who I'm around, they will love me as I am. They will love me for my true self. They will love me for the way I want to be and not the way that I perceive myself to be. So the last thing I want to talk about for this is the limitations of a three's love. And when it comes to a three's limits of love, it's a pretty simple equation. So it's this, the constant preoccupation to accomplish their goals and to succeed in the careers takes away from their ability to fully be present and to engage in relationships. So it's just that threes are so preoccupied. They want to achieve their goals. They want to be applauded for achieving their goals. They want to be applauded for their success. So they're constantly focused on that. But as we all know, being focused on work all the time. And when I say this, I'm, I'm talking to the choir, I'm preaching to the choir because being focused on work does not allow an individual to be presently engaged in their relationships. And so that is the limitation of their love. Their desire for applause limits them because they cannot fully be present, engaged in relationships. And that's, all that is just a, very brief synopsis, a brief overview of how a three loves, what motivates their expression of love and how they are limited by their desire to love, how their desires, their motivations limits them to 
love fully. So let, let's, yeah. I am so grateful for everyone's support. Without you guys, this podcast would not be possible. But if you're not already subscribed to Enneagram Restored Podcast, don't forget to follow and subscribe Enneagram Restored Podcast to be notified of each new episode that is released. All right, now let's take a moment to talk about the most to least apparent love languages in type threes. Again, as in previous episodes, this this ranking of most to least apparent love of the five love languages in a type is simply my opinion. And it's, it's an opinion that's based on my general understanding of the three population and research. So the ranking for type three is this. First is words affirmation, acts of service, physical touch, gifts, and lastly, quality time. So again, threes are people who strive to perform well. And the wounding message that a three is only as good as their achievements is what makes a three a three. So it makes complete sense that words of affirmation will be the most apparent love language in a three. And to illustrate why this makes much more sense to be the top love language in a type three, I want to read an excerpt from Ian Morgan Cron's latest book, The Story of You. My friend Lisa Wachell's earliest memory is one of performing. She was three years old and her mom had signed her up for a nursery rhyme reciting class with other children. Each child was supposed to learn one nursery rhyme over six weeks to recite in front of their families at the end of the summer. But Lisa kicked it up a notch. I memorized all the nursery rhymes, plus I had hand motions and choreography, and all with this really big smile on my face she once shared with me. Her teacher had had a girl last and be the good the grand finale the grand finale. When she finished performing, there was tremendous applause, including from the people she most wanted to impress her parents. I remember catching my father's eye in the back and having this sense, I think he likes me. Her mother was so delighted picking Lisa up and proudly carrying her around as they greeted the other parents. In that moment, the message I got was, don't just, ju don't just do what's expected. Do more than what's expected. If you do it really big, then you'll have the love and the acceptance that everyone craves. Lisa, th this late, this woman, Lisa, who Ian is referring to, is a three, and she felt the most love as a kid when her parents applauded her for a big performance. And that right there is the heart of a three. The heart of a three is being loved, being accepted, and affirmed for their every achievement, whether it's a big achievement or a small achievement. Being loved, accepted, and applauded, being affirmed for every achievement is the very heart of a three. And that's why it makes complete sense that 
words of affirmation would be the most apparent love language in a type three. So when it comes to the second most apparent love language, which is acts of service in a type of three, it ties back to their desire to accomplish big goals and to get further in their career. And for a three who is expressing love through acts of service, this love may look like them doing something that allows others to accomplish their greater goals. So say you tell your three friend, oh, you want to per se um, lose 50 pounds. Uh, and so a three will access servicely, access servicely, is that, it? Is that even a word? I think I just made a word up there. But anyway, <laughs> in a way through access service, a three will say, all right, I want to help you in this manner to achieve your goal of losing 50 pounds. And they will do it with excellence because they know that you want to achieve this goal. And so they will allow you to do it in a way that makes you feel proud of yourself. And it's in the same way, it's vice versa for somebody who is expressing love to a three through acts of service um, as well. So when a three receives love to extra service, they would want people to help them in a way that allows them to achieve a goal and or to advance in their career. And, and for the third love language, which is physical touch in a three, I, I don't really have any additional insight. So I'm actually just going to jump right into talking about the fourth apparent love language, which is gifts. And so gifts with the three person goes back to words of affirmation a little bit. And what I mean by that is you have to think of it in a way of kind of like awards and trophies. Um, that it, This is how awards and trophies that are more along the lines of a three's love language, who is, whose love language is gifts, um, whether it's expressing or whether it's receiving love through this manner of, of gifts, um, a three with this love language is going to do something that affirms an achievement. And the best way to do that through gifts would be a trophy or an award or a certificate or a plaque or, or just something that says, oh, you did a good job. Here is a gift for your good job. Um, something to be remarkably remembered by that achievement. And so, and lastly, quality time. For a three, it's not quality time in the typical way of thinking about quality time. So uh, typically we think of quality time as, you know, maybe pausing in the day, cuddling with your loved one, um, or watching a movie on Disney+, Plus, Netflix, Hulu, or something like that, blocking out, but doing a peaceful or restful activity with your partner and giving them your full undivided attention. But it's the relaxing part of quality time that is the reason why I ranked, ranked it last for a three. So no matter what, when it comes to quality time, the big idea of it is the undivided attention part. So if you have that part, it, that's what measures quality time. But typically we think quality time is undivided attention plus a relaxing um activity or something of that matter. But for a three, quality time is undivided attention plus completing a task 
are a goal that allows them to achieve a bigger goal. And so in all successfully interacting with a three to love language, a quality time will be dependent on understanding the difference of how a three perceives quality time and how everyone else typically perceives quality time. So you never want to forget that that aspect of it, of quality time is always perceived through undivided attention that stays the same but again what is different is the the additional part of that so you have undivided attention no matter what but typically we think of it undivided attention plus a relaxing activity equals quality time however it's a little bit different the equation a little bit different for a three for a three is undivided attention plus completing a task or, or goal equals quality time and so not necessarily will that task or goal be relaxing it, it but as long as you give undivided attention to your partner and you're doing that to help them achieve a bigger success then and there's quality time for a three if that makes sense and i hope it does so next i want to talk about three's compatibility with each of the nine types but this is going to be um, a, a longer segment. So take a moment before we jump into that. All right. Let's just take a moment to breathe, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I'm so glad that you have chosen to come along with me in another season of restoration. Season one was so great. And I think that in the second season, uh, it's important to focus on relationships. And so I also want to challenge you in the second season that you'll be intentional about showing love to your significant other, family and friends. All right, so let's talk about a three's compatibility with each of the nine types. But before we jump into that, I want to say two things. First, um, this will be a longer segment of this podcast, so I'm going to try not to sound robotic, but to really speak through this, I'm going to really just try to read directly from my notes, and hopefully I won't sound too robotic and too um, monotone. But um, I, And two, I want to remind you that this these compatibilities are only a guiding line a guiding force for relationships this is not saying oh you have to go out and find somebody who fits this mode you have if i'm a three and i want to have a set a successful healthy marriage well then i have to marry a seven that that's not what this is about this compatibility is simply just stating all right here's good aspects here's bad aspects here's what you might need to work on as a pairing Take it from there. I want to remind you that, like I said, it's guiding. And furthermore, the thing that makes two people compatible is not what I say here. And it's definitely not what anybody else tells you. But what really makes two people compatible is this. And it's the fact of how willing you are to commit to achieving a common goal within the relationship. I don't know if you listened to last week's episode, 
but I came across this TikTok video that talked about um, the difference of being in love and to love. And I really encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. Um, but essentially, in love is all the lovey-dovey feelings without the work. But to love someone is saying, all right, I'm committed to this. I want to. I want to work on our love. It's not about the feelings, but it's about how much work I put into this relationship. That is what truly makes two people compatible. All right. So let's just jump into it. Let's start with type one and type three together. All right. So threes and ones are both driven toward hard work and to be intensely aware of when they are not measuring up to their own high expectations and standards, both individually and collectively, which makes this a highly task oriented relationship. Both are able to put aside their personal feelings for the sake of the, object, the objective good that needs to be done, and they both thrive on respect and personal space. Both the one and the three are industrious and persistent, efficient, and concerned with excellence and with making a real difference in the world, which makes this couple a powerful co coalition that is capable of dealing with both ideals and practical matters. Now, however, when, they, when time commitments, lack of emotional attachment to each other, and competition increases in this relationship, it becomes a problem. When the relationship begins to become a problem, they will begin to lose respect for each other. Ones will, ones will lose respect for the three's integrity, and threes will lose respect for the one's effectiveness. Just a little side note, side note and this is specifically for the married three and one couple, but it works for the non-married two, the friends, the dating, um, the engaged two. It will really help the relationship thrive if you learn to rest in the marriage, rest in the relationship, rather than just working on the marriage. Doing that will help relationship thrive. All right, so moving on to three and two. Again, like I said, I really want to speak through this because it's going to be a longer segment because there's nine types and I'm already at like, gosh, four minutes already. So really want to speak to this. All right, let's tackle on. All right, the three and two couple is one of the most, it's one of the more interpersonally attractive, impactful pairings. Both are driven by their feelings and emotional needs. This is not always apparent in the three. Also, both are driven by their need for attention and the desire to be loved, but this is not always apparent in the two. Each type in this relationship brings energy, personal and social ambition, the ability to communicate with people that to make others in a way that makes others feel like they are the center of attention. The qualities that each type brings in this relationship is like flipping a coin. Twos like to feel proud of their loved ones, threes want to be want to make their loved ones proud. Twos like to put the spotlight on others. Threes want to put the spotlight, want to be in the spotlight. Twos like to be the power behind the throne. Threes like to be the person on the throne, aka the point person. Issues for this couple come from their tendency of being self-conscious and even more conscious of each other. Twos tend to get jealous and possessive of threes. They fall into this mentality of thinking, I made you, you owe me. 
However, threes feel that the two overestimates their contributions and take too much credit for the three's success and development. As a result, twos can start to undermine the three's confidence to get the three to feel that they depend on the two, but threes react quickly and strongly to perceive criticism and potential humiliation by distancing themselves, which triggers the two's fears of abandonment and creates more anxiety and man manipulation in the two. The thing about this couple is that they are neither particularly introspective nor are they very interested in their own underlying motives. They simply assume that they are traveling in the same direction toward increasing, increasing success and social validation only to realize that they have drifted apart and may actually be a loggerhead with each other as intimacy deteriorates, which what it means to have a successful relationship becomes a real question for this couple. Disdain for each other can erupt into open hostility. Open hostilities. One thing that will help this relationship thrive is for them to enjoy the camaraderie, but respect the differences of each other. The double three couple can make the impression on others of being virtually an ideal couple. Both bring each other concern bring each other a concern for achievement and excellence for making something of themselves and their opportunities and for being a credit to the relationship they each want the other to be proud of them and to be admired by the other as a worthy partner they both try to avoid drama in the relationship and they give each other space to pursue their own interests and self-development self-development However, just like every other double pairing, the level of health of each person is especially important for the relationship, as are the dominant instincts. As problems arise in average to lower functioning double three couples, they can start to compare themselves with each other. And an, and an unhealthy spirit of competition and one-upmanship can infect the relationship and undermine the pride and generosity they have felt each other, felt toward each other. Either one, either one or both threes can begin to feel that the relationship is taking time away from their own pursuit of success. Another major problem for the double three couple is that neither are tuned with their real feelings or the, their own heart's desire. Threes see feelings as distractions from their professional work, so they tend to isolate themselves, which causes intimacy to become little to non-existent. Eventually, the isolation leads to alienation alienation and depression, which can lead to drifting apart or to affairs that end the relationship. Now, since both the three and four are driven by feelings, which are often unconscious feelings and reactions, this pairing can be an, be an intense and passionate pairing. Both types bring qualities that they each teach each other, each teach each that, oh, excuse me, <laughs> that they each teach each other. Fours teach threes how to talk about themselves on a deeper level. They help threes acknowledge and process their feelings. Threes bring a good deal of tact and diplomacy to handling a four's emotional reactions and their sometimes too, sens too sensitive feelings and self-doubt. Threes bring hope, ambition, practical goal setting, coaching, and be behavior management techniques to help pull fours out of a out of a slump or period of low energy. Threes can coach fours on how to get on practical matters and to act professionally despite the shifts in their feelings and self-doubts. While this couple who really helps each other, 
While this is a couple who really helps each other, excuse me, both types have issues with self-esteem and with a need of validation from others. They both suffer from questions about their own identity and both have hidden feelings of shame and worthlessness. Their need for validation from others and the hidden shame is a cause of most of their relationship conflicts. In fact, much of the relationship conflicts will depend on how narcissistically wounded each type is, how much they will be competing for approval, attention, and recognition, which threes are more open about seeking validation from others, but this is this will cause force to feel overshadowed or even shut out of the limelight by the three. Another major problem for this couple is that neither type sees the other as they are. Both see the other through projections of what they need and expect the other to be. So once the respect and admiration for that they have for each other ends, dismissiveness, contempt, and undermining begins, and the relationship will surely come to an end soon. All right, now the three and five pairing is composed of two people who are primarily focused on their work and on objective issues and concerns. Both are preoccupied with competency and effectiveness, which this is which this is an area that they both support each other in, in, in an outstanding way. Threes give fives confidence, presentation skills, and, aware, and awareness of the importance of communicating effectively with others. On the other hand, fives give threes depth, new areas of ex expertise and credibility while sparking the threes creativity. They also both understand each other's need to balance closeness with their need for personal space. They both have deep feelings, but neither really focuses on their feelings for the sake of getting on with their work, which is also the source of the relationship conflicts. A great amount of their self-esteem is derived from the work and how it is regarded by others. They can get into some heated arguments about which one of them was the originator of ideas. Threes tend to want to get on with the project or with whatever they feel needs to be done, while fives tend to take a long time fine-tuning and tinkering until they feel that they are adequately completed with which is this difference which this difference is of time resources and priorities can be a cause of many conflicts within this relationship the three and five couple is another couple who tends not to talk about their feelings or misgivings about the relationships until it's too late then they both can become sarcastic and hostile, icy and distant from each other. Both can be arrogant and impatient with each other, which can cause them to begin to have little admiration for each other. Threes seem shallow and dishonest to fives, and fives seem weird and repulsive to threes. For this couple, turning a negative situation around would depend on how much each needs the other, as well as the depth and breadth of their shared values such as children and spiritual beliefs. It will be difficult to salvage the relationship once the connection has been broken since both types tend to be suspicious and cynical about people. And the three and six pairing is not a common pairing, but they have common goals which brings those to, those, these two together. Both are practical and want to achieve tangible things in the world. They also bring different qualities to relationship. Threes bring hard work, optimism, energy, a desire to communicate and connect with people. Sixes bring grounding, industrious hard work, 
perseverance, perseverance in difficult times, and personal loyalty to the three. Threes pick up on the sixes' compassionate quality and learn to open their own hearts more deeply to the underprivileged and the unfortunate. Unfortunate, and the three helps bolster the six' confidence and develop their self-esteem. Sixes offer support to threes that allows threes not to feel smothered, and they help threes become part of something bigger than themselves. In this relationship, respect for each other can grow as each continues to discover the other's good qualities, and each has what the other's needs. However, unless the relationship is healthy and well-stabilized, they continue to bring out the worst characteristics in themselves and in each other. Furthermore, that different coping styles can get on each other's nerves by reminding them of their own weak spots. Weak spots. Weak spots. Ooh, voice crack. Excuse me. Weak spots. To a six, three seems to be inflated and grandiose. And to a three, sixes seem to be nervous and reactive, loose cannons. At their worst, both can become dishonest, evasive, and covert about their own actions and feelings. They can deteriorate into a relationship of robotic functioning in which real feelings are not discussed and both develop social lives away from the other. Both the three and seven are self-assertive, high-energy, outgoing people who are capable of being around people with relative ease, which makes this pairing a very complimentary pairing. This pairing is possibly the highest energy combination of types, and they wholeheartedly engage in lots of activities, plans, and projects with the emphasis on attaining the good life. While they each bring different qualities, threes bring sensitivity to people and how to communicate with them, and a sense of propriety, appropriateness, and social conventions, as well as the ability to focus on goals and get them accomplished. And sevens bring a sense of adventure resilience, and not being overly concerned with failure. They also share qualities that they bring to the relationship. Both bring optimism, of both bring a feature orientation, uh, that book, excuse me, I can't talk. Both bring a feature orientation, there we go, that's the word. They both bring the sense of possibility and renewal. Both are persuasive and articulate and they both often live a lively and attractive life, which makes them sought after comp company. Now, while this is a highly complimentary couple, they can become extremely volatile towards each other. This couple can be exhausting to keep up with, and their mutual qualities make it difficult to admit or look at problems. Both types seem lighthearted and unconcerned, yet, and their high energy routines, they often hurt each other without realizing it. Often this results in a backlog of past hurts that they have been suppressed, that, that that have been suppressed until it's too late and too much damage has been done. Neither wants to talk about their shortcomings, failures, or negative feelings. So these topics tend to be avoided as long as possible. Furthermore, sevens don't want to be trapped in a relationship that is no longer enjoyable, and threes don't want to be in a relationship that has failed. So once they doubt that the other is there for them, they turn towards self-centered attitudes, which further roll the relationship. And for this couple, a breakup can be can come abruptly, and it can be a permanent breakup.
right, let's talk about the three and eight coupling. Both the three and eight are larger than life figures who stand out in their social circle, which in turn can cause them to form an alliance that will enhance their relationship or it cause them to form a competitive competitive relationship that will keep them apart. Eights and threes are more alike than they are different. There are both people who are assertive and go after what they want in life, and they both tend to be workaholics. While there are so many positive qualities these two share, and even though the eight strength and solidity gives the three permission to be more heartfelt, there's always some bad to the good. Both types can become manipulative towards each other, which can eat away at their trust and openness. Eights also want support for themselves and their vision, whereas threes want to be developing themselves and to be admired for their development and qualities. This can, can cause this can cause support battles in the relationship. Who's supporting who can become the question. And if left unresolved and without compromise, this can cause a nasty and very personal breakup. All right. Now the last couple, the last pairing, the three and nine pairing. Nines give threes an enormous amount of support, encouragement, and a sense of pride in their accomplishments. Nines help threes relax and find enjoyment in simple things. Threes help nines to properly value themselves, to have more self-respect, and to invest in their own development. Threes energize and bring both change and excitement to the relationship. Nines bring assurance to the three that they are loved for who they are and not for their achievements in the relationship. The problem for this relationship is the ability to discuss feelings and conflict, which is often the source of a breaking up and getting back together pattern. Nines don't want to talk about what's bothering them in fear of endangering the relationship even more. And threes don't want to talk about what's bothering them because of a fear of rejection or for the fear of exposing the falseness of the relationship. But not addressing the underlying problems relationship will cause the problems to undermine the relationship, which will lead to a breakup. However, once they learn to communicate effectively, this pairing is great in working together or partnering on projects. Whew. That was a lot. Let's move on to talk about how threes can find reconnection with themselves and others before we close out this episode. All right, when I scripted this episode, I did not put, I wasn't going to do a breathe moment, but I feel like after everything that's been said thus far, which is a lot of information, it kind of had to go fast. So it wasn't going to take too much time within this episode, but since there's been a lot and it's been kind of quickly, it's been thrown very fast. I just feel it'll be appropriate if we do a moment of breathing. And so what this is going to look like before we jump into talking about reconnection, a three can find with themselves and others is simply, I want you to close your eyes, taking a deep breath, let it out, exhale. And then for, the next 30 seconds or so, I just want you to take in the take in your surroundings. Notice things about what you smell, how you feel, um, 
your thoughts, what you hear. Let's just take a moment right now in three, two, and breathe. So good, so good. All right. Now let's talk about the last thing before I close out this episode, which is the most important thing of this reconnected series, and it is the reconnection moment. All right. And so there's always two things that I want you to remember about reconnection before we jump into it. Let me remind you those two things are. First, reconnection, excuse me, reconnection is not just for your estranged relationships. It's for any relationship that seems to have a quote unquote missing piece. If the relationship does not feel right and you feel like there's something missing, reconnection is for that. But reconnection is still also for the estranged relationships, the people you haven't talked to in years. Second thing I want you to know and remember is that reconnection has two modes of understanding. Ideological understanding, which is basically mental understanding, and practical understanding. How does it look in practice? And so for threes, and if you're just a three, I really want you to tune in and to listen to me right now. If you're not a three, you, you can passively listen. But if you are a type three person and you listen to this podcast right now, I want you to actively listen to what I'm about to say because it will help you tremendously in finding reconnection with people and developing a quote-unquote reconnection plan. So it begins with this ideological understanding that you are more than your achievements and awards. And to take it even further, it is important for you to realize that you are loved and desired for your true self. There's no need to construct a false image of yourself to get people to love you. You are loved as you are for your true being as you were created in the image of God. You are loved for that. And what this looks like in the practical understanding, how this looks like in practice for you as a three, is that you just have to practice presenting your true self to everyone and not engaging in relationships in a way that you think will make you be accepted by others, but allowing yourself to be accepted as your true self. Do not try to put on a false image. Do not try to construct this false personality within your different friend groups to be applauded for your achievements, to be applauded for your personality, but really live and start practicing to be able to present your true self and not a constructed image. Practice being who you are to everyone 
at all times. That's what it looks like in practice for you. It's just simply practicing being your true self. It, it doesn't have to go like a snap of a finger. It doesn't have to do that. You can slowly, either daily, weekly, monthly, or even yearly, just begin to allow people to see different aspects of your true self. Maybe you're a very outgoing person, but you're very extrovert, but you have been constructing this image of being an introvert in some friend groups because that that's how you got your admirations by being an introvert, but you're truly an extrovert. Maybe one day you just begin to very slowly say, introduce your extrovert qualities within that friend group, or maybe you just Go out, go all for it one time and just be complete extrovert with that friend group art. Maybe you slowly, one day, you do one quality. Then for a month, you're an introvert. And then a month later, you go back, you do another quality. You have to figure that out. You have to figure out what that practice exactly looks like. But in some, the practice looks like you just presenting your true self without constructing an image that is different from who you truly are. You're just presenting that to every person you know, every friend group, every social group. Do not construct a false image, but present yourself in a way that is presenting your true self. All right. And now I want to talk to everybody who is not a three, to everyone who is a one, two, four, five, six, seven, eight, or nine. I want you to right now actively listen. The ideological understanding for you when it comes to reconnecting with a three begins by understanding that a three is achievement and success driven people who are not attached to their feelings and they present themselves in a way that they think is the best way to feel accepted by you so moving that into a practical understanding seeing it in practice means that you accept the three and show them love no matter how or which image they present to you. But I do want to say this. If you feel like your three friend or your three relative or your three boyfriend or your three girlfriend or your three fiance or three husband or three wife, if you feel like they are not living in their true self, give them the confidence they need to feel comfortable enough to live in their true self. And if this even means that you verbally say something like, I love you, but I don't appreciate that you're not living in your true identity, do it. Say something like that. Just tell them, look here, say, pull them aside, say, I don't mean this in a bad way, but I know as a three, you can construct can construct false images of yourself to feel accepted by different people. And I love you no matter what, but I just do not appreciate that you do this. Can you, can you allow me to help you to give you the confidence that you need to live in your true identity no matter what? Will you allow me to help you with your confidence in that? Communication, I know it's cliche, but communication and communicating an intentional and effective goal, it makes all the difference.
It makes all the difference. I promise you. I know it's been a lot, a lot of information, but you can finally breathe because that is it for this week's episode of Enneagram Restored Podcast. I love doing this podcast and I hope you love listening to this podcast. I hope it's been very helpful and informational for you. Um, that is the goal to present the facts and present a way that you can restore yourself and others by knowing this new idea. And and if you don't know my story about the Enneagram, let me just give it to you very briefly. I first found about the found out about the Enneagram when I came to college at Evangelion University. And at first I hated it, but now it is the only way I kind of reference life. I mean, I do this podcast. I have about six to seven books of it as of now already that I have on hand in my room at all times. Um, and... I plan to do even more with the Enneagram. Um, so, it, it I always come back in conversations talking about the Enneagrams, about how even just casual conversations was conversations I have when I give people advice. It's like let's let's see what the Enneagram says about this. All right, and so but it's just so interesting to see me personally. I hope you can see this within yourself too, how your journey has come along and knowing the Enneagram. Um, but me personally, I absolutely hated the Enneagram, but all because I felt left out of conversations, I decided to see what my type was and so on. And then that shortly became a deep passion, a deep love for the Enneagram. So here we are today with the podcast recording season two. Um, so and it's been great. And I hope you enjoy, you have enjoyed the Reconnected series thus far. Um, I love putting this series together. It's been very insightful for me even to know how I should interact in relationships with people and how I can deeper my connection with other types as well. And how I deepen my connection with myself because, you know, I did do an episode about it. Eight. I mean, I've been doing the entire nine times. But anyway, moving on to close this episode out. Don't miss next week's episode. Um, talk about the last type of the heart triad within the Reconnected series, and that's type four. Talk about a lot of the same stuff, so don't miss that. Um, but it's going to be for type four. So that will happen next week. And then the week after that, I'll do a short episode, which will be um, just a reflection episode. I'll give you some prompts to think about. Um uh, when we consider reconnection with each types uh, that will help you even further um, and then after that episode we'll begin talking about the last triad within the reconnected series and starting with type 5 and so we are very close to ending the series um, which also means we are very close to ending season 2 um, it's kind of hard to believe that I just started scripting the stuff over back back in December and now here we are almost done with the season uh, so to give you what what the final three episodes of the season look like after we have completed the series which will be again fours reflection five six seven reflection um, there will be two kind of crash course episodes one episode will be a crash course about all the subtypes then another episode will be a crash course episode about the Enneagram groups um, and all that. 
and what they are. And then, of course, as always, to close out the season, I would do a season finale episode. And so, only a few more episodes left. It's been great. But our time today has come to an end. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to any grammar pot. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Enneagram Podcast. Gosh. I'm going to get it right. Don't forget to subscribe. I'm going to get it right. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Enneagram and Start Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and don't Instagram. And remember that the Enneagram does not define you, but it does bring restoration. It helps reshape your thinking and habits.